And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today via Skype is the Reverend Bill Shisko. Hey, Dan, good to be back with you. It's been a long time. <laughs> well, Pastor Bill, it's always an honor to talk with you. And, uh, you know, the other day I got thinking, wouldn't it be fun to sit down with Bill Shishko and just have a little chat. Some people might call it a fireside chat. And um, Bill, you've been a pastor for many years, and I'd like to ask you about a new work that you're involved in um, that the Lord has started through you. And so uh, I don't even know where to start, but could you tell us about this new work? Yeah, well, Dan, the Lord has a wonderful sense of humor. It was back in June of 2016, it seems like an an eon ago, (laughs) that I stepped down after 35 years as a pastor uh, of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Franklin Square, New York, which is in Nassau County. Uh, That's the county that's just due east of of the boroughs of of Brooklyn and Queens. And it was a delightful time. I, I just loved every aspect of the ministry there. And the reason, the reason, I, well, there were a number of reasons for stepping down. I sensed the church needed a, a younger man and a, and a newer voice. And also, I had been called by my presbytery, which is a regional group of Orthodox Presbyterian churches, to serve as a regional home missionary for our presbytery beginning in September of that year, 2016. And it was interesting, Dan, that when, when I was installed to that office, uh, the minister whom I've known for decades, uh, who charged me at that service, said, Bill, this is going to be difficult for you. You're going to be doing radio work, which you love. That's where a visit to the pastor's study came in. Mm. And uh, you'll be visiting with different churches, most of which had been daughter churches of the LPC Franklin Square. But he said, you're going to miss the interaction with people as as your people, not in the ultimate sense, but as people whom you've called to serve as a pastor. And that's that's what happened. I worked with a number <laughs> of churches for, oh, about a year, a good year and a half of my call. And uh, and that was fun. It was it was encouraging to see what was by and large it was encouraging to see what was going on in the churches, visit with the people, talk with the elders and encouraging them about revitalization. But it, on the other hand, it was it was awkward because in most of the churches that I visited, they were people that I had pastored uh, either in Franklin Square or well in Franklin Square or they had become parts of daughter churches of Franklin Square. And I never really felt that, that, that comfort level, if you will. I was working with people and enjoying it, but they weren't people I was called to serve as a pastor. And then in, in uh, oh, it was June of 2018, after I'd been laboring at my work for almost two years, um, the, the committee with which I work, Presbyterians have to have committees, <laughs> and so our committee, our presbytery committee, uh, together with our two general secretaries in, in home missions, uh, sat down with me and did an assessment of the work and said, we really would like you to, to start a mission church. Your, your heart's in a local church. You know the area. And that's what that's what began in September of 2018, uh, the work that was done gathering a group of about 35 people who were interested in starting a mission church in Suffolk County, 
Now, now Suffolk County, for for uh, your listeners, some would know where it is. Suffolk County is the easternmost county of the two Long Island counties, Nassau and Suffolk. And it, it, it's interesting. Its population is actually a bit bigger than Nassau County, about one and a half million. Um, but it, it's a, it's larger geographically. And uh, it, it is, as with most of the counties in, in New York State, it's one of the least churched counties in the United States of America. And, and rather than just blather on a bit, just so you know how the name, the Haven, came up. Uh, and we, we I work, I visited with families. We actually gathered in a home on Sunday evenings for uh, for for singing. Uh, it was great to use the new the then new Trinity Psalter hymnal. Yeah. Uh, people love to sing. They love to pray, and they they all of them really wanted to start a mission church. And the word the name the Haven was actually our son Jonathan's suggestion. But when when I mentioned that, that really connected with the people because many of them had come from very hurtful church situations. And one of the reasons they were we were even excited about getting a mission church started is they knew that they had in me a man of experience, a man who was tried and true and, and uh, had, had still had, thank the Lord, a, an untarnished record as a minister. So the Haven was, was designed to be, and it is, uh, a place I always tell people it's a, it's, it's a church that reaches out to people Orthodox Presbyterians normally don't reach out to. And so, <laughs> oh my, we have a fascinating group of people who've come from uh, drug addiction backgrounds, alcohol addiction backgrounds, church abuse situations. That's, yeah, that's yeah. pretty sad. So, so that's why we call it The Haven. And uh, it's it's based on the text in Psalm well, in, in Psalm one twenty seven, uh, where the Lord uh, brought us through. Uh, he brought us through storms, basically. Yes. And he brought us to our desired haven. And, and we love to tell people the haven is Jesus Christ, and the ultimate haven has as an e in it. It's heaven. Yes. So that's a, that's a little bit of the story. Well, that, that's fascinating. Um, so this. Um I understand you're you're in the process of perhaps you're praying for uh, your own building. So, where where are you meeting right now? Well, we we began meeting uh, at a at a, a Lutheran church in Deer Park. That was our goal. Um, as your listeners are trying to envision uh, Suffolk County, um, Suffolk County reaches out a good well, I want to say about ninety miles. From east, uh, from west to east. However, the the last half of that is two forks, uh, North Fork, South Fork, and uh, the, the the those are less populated areas. So in the in the middle half of Suffolk County, going from uh, from west to east, you had the Deer Park area, which is very heavily trafficked. And then, as you're going east, you have Patchogue, which is a very is a is a rather large uh, geographically and and growing area, mm-hmm. especially with a large Hispanic population. And then, as you go out a little bit farther, you come to the county seat, which is Riverhead. And when I was regional home missionary, and I was trying to lay out some plans for the future, the plan was to start a work in Deer Park, which is now where my wife and I live. And then once the church got larger, to move to uh, uh, to get a mission church in Patchogue and then in Riverhead. So we started in Deer Park, and we started at a Lutheran church, 
uh, that allowed us to rent its its wonderful facility um, in a good, lo- excellent location. Sure. But then when the pandemic came in uh, March of 2020, uh, we yes. got evicted from there. And we did home worship for several weeks. And then the church, our, our congregation in Bohemia, which was our second daughter church from Franklin Square, uh, that that church very graciously let us use its its outdoors. Then we could only meet outdoors. And then when permission came to use the indoors, to use their facility indoors. So we have been in Bohemia, which is, okay. uh, yeah, let's see, how can I put it? But Bohemia is probably a 20-minute drive east of Deer Park. Okay. Uh, a little Czech community. Uh, you can imagine with the name Bohemia in the in the in the cemetery <laughs> there, there's a statue of John Huss. So we've been meeting uh, at, at the at the OPC in Bohemia for about a year and a half right now. But we are looking for a facility, and even as we speak, we're in the process. We hope of negotiating mm-hmm. to purchase a uh, a facility in the eastern part of Suffolk County. Oh, I hope that works out. Yeah, I I'm just slightly familiar. My our son. Um, used to live in East Patchogue, and he was attending Ben Miller's church up to the north and west of him. Uh, I guess it's, that's the direction. And, Correct. And um, so it's it's kind of interesting to see where these places are. But what's fascinating to me is the people that have come to the Haven. Um, you're not afraid, are you, of people that are broken coming to church my dear brother when i've been in the ministry since i was ordained to the ministry in october of 1979 Hmm. and you can do the math it's been over 40 years and after (laughs) ministering in new york for uh 30 well for basically 40 of those years Mm -hmm. i'm not afraid of anything no (laughs) no 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 i I, I guess dan i I, it's it and this you know for a whole other day i I, uh, I I guess what was a, oh, I don't want to say an epiphany, uh, defining moment, I'm not sure the word, but it was a, it brought about a significant change for me in my ministry after being very uh, church-based and foreign missions-based and home mission-based and all, which was great. I realized I had not done a lot right in the Franklin Square community, hmm. and which again is in Nassau County, and then in God's providence that is always amazing the principal of the the Malvern High School, who, who was he's retired now, but it was at that time a, a, a black man, uh, began. We I had a Bible study with him in his office on Tuesday mornings. I call him my Jonathan. He's my he's one of my dearest <laughs> brothers in the faith. And and through that Bible study in his office on Tuesday mornings, I got to know other administrators in the school. By then, we had uh, at that time one of our children, and then subsequently our last three of our six children ended up going to that school for high school. But so I got to know the faculty members and so on, and really, it would be too much to say I became a de facto chaplain there. Oh, that's neat. it was neat. sort of like that. It was, it was ministering to the teachers and the faculty, and I, Dan, I just, I, I loved getting out I call it a reformed bubble. (laughs) I was glad to get out and and deal with those that that don't use the same language that we do and come from different backgrounds. And the Haven has been um, kind of a development of that in many ways. Yeah, that's really neat. 
And um, your wife is there as a helpmeet, and um, how's she holding up as you've had to move and change churches and back and forth and not knowing where the final church is going to be located? Uh, oh, Dan, I, I, uh, as with your Deb, I don't know what I would do without my Margaret. I, <laughs> I tell people if she predeceased me, you'd have to pick me up off the floor. Yes. Because I'm, while, while Margaret remains 29, uh, her husband at this point is 69, getting pretty close to 70. <laughs> and uh, we do get a little more tired. But, Dan, we are having the time of our lives. Praise God. We have moved from a larger home in Melbourne where we raised uh, six children and, and where we were able to develop a community ministry that we really enjoyed just getting to know our neighbors. In fact, it, it wasn't so much leaving a house in Melbourne this year as leaving our neighbors that we had just grown to yes. love. We prayed with them and had them in our home and so on. So anyway, we, we moved to Deer Park, and we have gotten to know our neighbors here and at an open house, and we are just enjoying that so much. I, I think, Dan, because in public ministry, while I still do the sermon preparation, I don't ever want to be lax in that, there's a certain amount of cream that's come after years of working with with the Word of God and working with people. And so the people, I think, can get some of the cream of that ministry. But also because Margaret and I have worked with people from so many different backgrounds, nothing really throws us here. And uh, Margaret is able actually to to be doing work discipling younger women, uh, which she's very good at. And, and we really worked actually to train all of our folks to be uh, to be in one way or another bringing the gospel to other people. So we're having the, we're having the time of our lives. I feel <laughs> with ministers, I really do. I feel with ministers who are, are are constantly discouraged in their work and just are not happy with what they do. Uh, because there's nothing like the Christian ministry. Yes, yes. Um, here's an interesting thought. Um, as a pastor, looking back over the years, you've had many parishioners, uh, many situations. Um, two two questions. What makes it very hard for a minister, and what makes your job very joyful and and delightful as a minister and maybe you can describe without yeah. sharing any personal information sure, sure. yeah uh, well i i think i think the the thing that makes the work uh particularly challenging is that i, I wish that jesus said the poor you have always with you and those who need pastoral care are always with you and you could literally spend if, if you could spend 24 hours a day doing the actual pastoral work and all that's connected with it. There's a lot of administrative work connected with that. You're following up with emails, you're ordering books, you're, uh, I don't know, you're making other contacts, those kinds of things, because you mm-hmm. can work out from people you work with. And and that work is, is, is literally a bottomless pit. And <laughs> yeah. so if, if a minister, and in fact, actually statistics show that the main reason why ministers will uh will 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 burn out and right. eventually leave the ministry is this sense that they have never done all that they think they ought to be doing in the ministry um and and, and even dan with with 40 plus years of ministry experience i still labor with that my fellow elders still need to tell me to back off and, and not do yeah. so much but i i think that that's that's number one and number two, and interestingly, Dan, I've noticed this more the older I've gotten. 
you'd think you'd become a little more inured to this or a little more numb to it, but but it hasn't been the case for me. Seeing uh, uh, marriage difficulties Mm. uh, that sometimes lead to divorce uh, over the years, that has pained me. I think the only other thing that pains me more than that is is apostasy from the faith. Mm. Because you work hard to see marriages kept together and you, you pray hard and then when you see the, if there is a divorce, and, and sometimes, sadly, uh, that becomes necessary, but and I, you never, you're never happy with that. No. Anyway, it, it, but to see the toll that that takes on, on, indiv- on the individuals, the children, the grandchildren, the church, and I, I have found that that drains me in the ministry more than it ever did. Mm. Yeah, that's helpful. Well, um, yes, what happy things? I didn't mean, like, yeah. Let, let's sure. talk about uh, how can a, a parishioner bless their pastor um, from that point of view. That's a great question. Yeah, I appreciate that, that Dan. Number one, praying for pastors. When uh, when Paul at the end of the section on spiritual warfare in Ephesians six, uh, he he says, and, and pray for us that we might speak the word boldly as it is necessary that we speak. That taking that text, I even preached a sermon on that a few weeks ago that's available on sermonaudio.com that gives a lot of specifics from that and in addition to it. But I can't overstate the importance of of praying for your pastor uh, every day, praying for him. I think second, a note or an email of encouragement to him, not all the time, but periodically, (laughs) I quip to people, I'm not sure what to do about Pastor Appreciation Month, which I think is supposed to be October. <laughs> because I guess that means for the next 11 months, you're not supposed to appreciate your pastor. <laughs> so I'm not a fan of those those things. But I, I, a note or an email to a pastor once in a while, not just saying thank you for being my pastor, but giving something specific. I, I so appreciated that that when you, you spoke with me, you did it firmly, but you did it in love, and I needed Amen. that. Yes, I, I appreciated the way you appealed to the lost in your sermon, or thank you for making that point clear, or making time for me, or whatever it would be. Those little specific encouragements mean so much to a pastor. I remember my, my uh, pastor at Franklin Square, we had a very, very dear saint who was there, and her first name was Margaret, like mine, so I had an affinity mm-hmm. name. And it was sad. She had a very sad marriage. Her husband was very, very antagonistic to the Christian faith. When I visit the home, she, he wouldn't even stay in the same room with me. So it was mm. hard for her. But that kind of uh, pressure on her and her marriage made a sweetness, brought a sweetness to that woman that was that was extra special. And every so often, I would just get a little handwritten note from her with something very specific that encouraged me. I've still got them in my file. Uh, I'd urge pastors have a file, notes of encouragement, and if you get down, just pull them out and read them. There'll be things you absolutely forgot yeah. uh, that will be of encouragement to you. So I think those are the two things I'd suggest. Yeah. Now, pastors, besides all the preparation and the extra classes and the teaching and everything, um, part of the pastoral equation is visiting people in the hospital. Um how does that work out? <laughs> How does that work out? I'm not sure it's the best time to ask the question because with the pandemic, 
we weren't permitted to visit in the hospital. Right. At least in the rooms, you could you could visit from a distance, which is not not to me anything like a visit. I, I in fact, in no. this room for another day, I. I I really, really have, have problems. I understand the health concerns. I also realize that when you're dealing particularly with the dying in the hospital, while we don't have the last rites as a sacrament, as Roman Catholics do, mm-hmm. there is unique ministry that you have with people when they know they are dying. That's right. And I I don't know how this would work out, but if there were another... Uh, lockdown, or I couldn't visit with parishioners. I would have been more. I think I would. I would have been more adamant. And, and, and frankly, given given the makeup of our congregation, we didn't have anyone like that mm-hmm. during the pandemic year. But I would, I would do every single thing I could to see that I could minister face to face with people. Yes. Yeah. Now, now here's another one that uh, this falls into the um, pastoral appreciation a little bit. Um, I happen to know that you sometimes will visit prisoners, and I believe you've li- visited a, a listener to Redeemer uh, who is in prison. Can you, yeah. without giving away any information, tell us a little bit about that? Well, first, let me thank you and the work of Redeemer Broadcasting, because since you're located in the Hudson Valley uh, and have a number of your, your uh, terrestrial stations there, uh, the the those stations reach into a number of correctional facilities in that area. So when we were this is a fascinating story. We <laughs> when we when we were uh, I was doing a visit to the pastor's study. I had a little uh, little break to to worship in Queens with our where our son Jonathan was then pastor at Reformation Presbyterian mm-hmm. Church. And uh, there was a black lady there one Sunday, and Marta and I immediately sat in the same row that she did, since we're very given to amens in our worship, as we're meant to be. <laughs> and, uh, and we got to know her, and long story short, she said her husband had urged her to come to that church because there was this minister named Shishko that she needed to hear. And he had heard my radio program. He was thinking of Bill Shishko, but she lived in and lives in Fresh Meadows, right. and uh, it was Jonathan Shishko who was there. So that's how we met, and from that, I found out then that her husband was in a correctional facility. Uh, Jonathan and I visited him, and to make a long story short, eventually he did come into membership at Reformation Presbyterian that Church. That is so neat. Yeah. And now as a member of the Haven, and then through his his ministry to... Uh, another Redeemer listener in in that facility, although this first man's in another facility now, uh, we reached out to another man uh, who is an avid Redeemer listener, and uh, he is also a member of the Haven. And I love to tell people, Dan, that on on Fridays at now at 7.30 and on Wednesdays at about 8.45 p.m. after our Zoom prayer meetings, I have an opportunity to be on the telephone with Jesus. And <laughs> <laughs> and people look at me like maybe he is a little off his rocker. Is it? <laughs> I said, no, Jesus says, I was in prison and you visited me. Mm-hmm. And when you minister to the Lord's people, and these are genuine believers, you minister to Christians, and they are in correctional facilities. We don't use the word prisons for them because they're free men, but correctional facilities. Yes. You're ministering to Christ. And we, at that, Dan, that and the outworking of it, is one of our our most delightful aspects of ministry at the Haven. Oh, praise the Lord! That's such a such a good story to hear. Praise the Lord! Uh, today we're talking with Pastor Bill Shishko, 
and uh, he's started, the Lord through him has started this fine church called The Haven. It's located on Long Island. And Bill, just a wrap-up thought. We've got about a minute left. Anything else that you'd like to communicate to our listeners? I'd just love to have you look at the website. I think that'll give you a flavor of the church. It's thehavenli.com, thehavenli.com. And that will that will tell you a little bit more about our work and give you, again, the flavor of the work. Uh, I'm glad you didn't give a specific location. I'm hoping that by the time this program is aired, we will have another another uh, our, our, our quote-unquote more permanent location. But I'd love to hear from any of the listeners. My email is very easy. It's capital W, capital S, as in, as in Sam. H-I, another S-H-K-O. W. Shishko, like Shishka Bob, but this is Shishka Bill, W S H I S H K O at gmail.com. But I'd love to hear from your listeners. Yeah. Well, make sure you mark that down, dear listener. It's W Shishko at gmail.com. And one last thanks. Um, I remember as the Lord was forming our minds, whether to start Redeemer or not, what would turn out to be Redeemer. Uh, Bill Shisko was there at the very beginning, encouraging us in in this work. And um, I'll tell you, things like that really make a difference. So my brother, Pastor Bill Shisko, thank you so much for what you have done, and thanks for joining us today. My dear brother, it's my honor. Continue to press on. <laughs> and dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. Lead on, O King Eternal, we follow not with fears, for gladness breaks like morning, where'er thy face appears. Let your kingdom God.